Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Jody and I'm Allison and you're listening to the Bloom Saloon. It's a Judy Bloom book club and this week we are still reading Norma Klein. Not Judy but it's great. Uh, domestic Arrangements chapters 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. I would reckon next week's gonna be our last episode. You reckon? Of Domestic Arrangements. I don't even know how many there chapters. There are like three more left. Oh we can do it. We can do it. We'll finish. And then we got to get some Judy back in. I agree. But I was thinking we got to get some Sarah back in here too. Oh, Sarah Gray, if you're listening. Better be. Come on back. Yeah, like what a great way to bring it full circle, you know? Like she started off on the first couple chapters with us and she can round it off. That was a really wild ride coming in to a book when it already happened. And it was just such a shock to my system (sighs) most of the way through. Have you recovered? No, I'm still, I'm continually shocked. You're continually like playing catch up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm every week. I'm like, where am I? Well, same, same. <laughs> it's been a wild ride. Cheers. Got some new scotch in the house. Some Glenfiddich 12, I believe. Oh, I think that's what we're drinking. Uh-huh. And um, Allison, please tell everyone what you brought snack wise. Oh, um, what are they called? I don't like, even know, but they're Chex Mix covered in chocolate. Um, but these, this variety is a cookies and cream mm-hmm. variety. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing Oreos kind of back into our world, into our snack scene. Uh, however, when I was young, I had a friend named Trisha down the street, mm-hmm. two doors down, and she'd just make a just a batch. We called it Puppy Chow. <laughs> And it was, it was like marshmallows and chocolate and like sometimes peanut butter, but it was just like on Chex Mix and it was just the most delicious thing. And I remember she just would have like giant Ziploc bags of it because I think that's how you make it like in a Ziploc bag. Oh, you make it in the bag? I think you like shake it all up. Wow. I don't know. I actually have never seen how, how the, uh, the bacon's made. It sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds very Midwestern. Like It's so Midwestern. Shout out to my Midwest bloom heads. Tell me, if, raise your hand if you love puppy chow. Whoop. Um, raise your hand if you love paperback books from the 80s and 90s and 70s. You know what I love? Raising hands on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What does that sound like? Like, whoop. Ooh. Whoosh. My hand Swoopy. flew up. I love paperbacks. Well, speaking of, we just got an amazing book in the mail. I'm riveted. Um, Allison, you have it in your hands. Tell us all about it. This is Paperback Crush. It is a collection of the totally radical history of the 80s and 90s teen fiction curated here by Bloomhead Gabrielle Moss. And she's got these amazing tidbits about all of these beautiful paperback books that we know and love. So many of them I've never read, but I know the cover mm-hmm. so well because we had them at school. Right. Whereas Jody mentioned at the Walden uh, At the Walden books. books. Oh, but these, oh... These, ah, 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 these are all Stein Fear Streets where it was like, ooh, that's like teen goosebumps. That was never my genre. Did you get good? Did you go through a R.L. Stein phase? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I read a lot of Goosebumps, read a lot of Fear Streets. Mm. I love when it was scary, but not too scary. Do you remember Bunicula? No, that sounds really scary. That was a little after my time, but my sister and her friends read that. 
Bunicula? Bunicula. It was like a scary bunny, like a vampire <gasps> Bunicula! bunny. Bunicula! Now. Now yes. you remember. Oh my god, I, I wonder if it's in here somewhere. <sighs> Probably. Find Bunicula. But this book is beautiful. I am loving it so much. There's some great Judy covers, some great Norma mm-hmm. covers. Even a specific mention of domestic arrangements. Maybe there we is. can like read the excerpt next week. Yeah, I would love that. You know, I just had a thought. So, you know, the reason we are delving into Norma Klein, not only was she Judy's best writer friend, but we also want to, you know, prolong the Judy mm-hmm. with like-minded books. Maybe we can use um, this one, this book as a reference for future non-Judy reads. That is a great idea. We could just um, close our eyes, flip that's to what a I page. Think. Just go. Mm-hmm. Okay, what oh, you got? Campus fever. <laughs> I like it. It's a crash course. I don't know. In something. I don't Bedazzled jackets, maybe? Okay. Okay. One thing I like about that book, and I haven't read it yet, but just flipping through, um, Gabby Moss kind of chronicles the evolution of YA. So yeah. it goes through kind of the more innocent kind of Nancy Drew era to the very scandalous 70s, like all teens are having sex and doing drugs era. And then into the more vanilla Reagan era, where we got into the serial books like Babysitter's Club, Saddle Club, all the clubs. And then into the 2000s, where it's all about vampires and uh, fucking apocalypse. Yeah, I got a lot of those on my shelf. <laughs> um, I just flipped to a page of R.L. Stein's How I Broke Up with Ernie. Which is one I think I read multiple times. Yeah. Mostly because I loved the lady's outfit on Wait, the let cover. Me see. She's got like, you know, she's got like the bass, like uh-huh. um loafers. Le- leather loafers, yeah, with her like scrunchy socks and her long khakis. And I just oh remember being like, Oh, she's so cool. I love this book. That was such a cool girl look. If you liked their outfits, they stuck with you forever. Oh yeah. yeah. Like Claudia Kishi's okay yellow overalls mm. with I had like a, pair a of red overalls. print on them mm-hmm. Ooh, a pattern <laughs> i remember going to jc penny and like sears and all the stores my mom's looking out for some yellow overalls i did have yellow quarter overalls but they had no cool print on mm-hmm. them. you need a print <sighs> knowing yes. claudia she probably printed it herself with like a sponge and of like of course yeah I, I love this book though i'm so happy that it's here that i can just like pet it it was just released like today. So you guys go out and check it out. Published by who? It is published by Quirk. And it's called Paperback Crush. Yep. By the Totally K- Radical History of 80s and 90s Teen Fiction by Gabrielle Moss. Boom. Hey, Allison, what time is it? Uh, Blue Mail of the Week time. Mary Ann, who said, quote, am living for the Bloom Saloon podcast, only on episode two, but so excited to keep listening. Read all the books over and over when I was a young teen and reliving as a nearly 40 year old is the best. Heart, 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 heart. Four hearts. Four hearts. Thank you so much, Marianne. Thank you. And welcome, new listener. We love new listeners. Thanks for shouting us out. You're getting a pin. Um, I think that's it, right? That's it. Well, let's just get, let's get into get it. Get right into some roll call. All right. Roll, roll call. call. That was like almost like we had one voice. We're, we're so in sync. I was singing that. That was just like business uh-huh that was a business role no no monkey business real business real business uh so we are still talking about rusty our red-haired nymphette ingenue still 14 years old let's number one yeah. rusty is still 14 years old she goes by some other names she's also known as tatiana tati uh, and she has a family. We don't see any of her family in these two chapters, but I just want to remind you that she's got mom, she's got daddy, and she's got her sister Delia. And then she's got a handler now, a publicity lady named Kelly Neff. Hmm. And she's got Felix, who is her co-star in uh, the movie Domestic Arrangements. And Myron Downs, who is a TV host. 
Joshua. There's lots of talk of Joshua, who is Rusty's on-again, off-again, on-again mm. boyfriend who flew with her, flew with her mm-hmm. to L.A. just to bone, just to go to the bone zone, and then supposedly flew back. There's Pierre, who we meet this week. He is a hairdresser. And Beryl, Joshua's housekeeper. And there's lots and lots of talk of this mysterious Pam. Is that it? That's it. Okay. (laughs) You just looked at me and you were like, Pam. Pam. Do you know what I'm saying when I say Pam? Like the cooking spray. Just Pam. Okay. So chapter 19, we're in LA still. This is the same day they arrive. She flew in, went to the Bone Zone. Went to the Bone Zone with Joshua, left him at the hotel. Who knows if he's staying or going back, supposedly going back. And she's off to do her publicity. I'm Liz. I'm an amazing person with an amazing life. And I'm Liz. I'm a college graduate and I expect the best. I'm the driven one. And I'm trying to have a life. Our PR firm is called Publicity. It's based off our name. She's got interviews. She's got people to meet. Yep. She's got things to do in LA. She's a movie star. Mm-hmm. So she and her co-star, Felix Proper, they do their first talk show. And the host keeps asking really leading questions to Felix. And it's just like yucky. It's all geared towards whether or not Rusty's a good actor. What what he thinks of her. And, and is, is she even acting or is she this nymphette? Right. Everyone life? wants to know if she's doing it and if she's getting naked. Yeah. Was the chemistry real? Mm-hmm. I thought this was very interesting. We learned that Felix has been in a few other movies. This is not his first role. No, it is not. Felix is in the big time. Yeah. Can I tell you about these movies? What? He was a cowboy in Electric Horseman, a freaky teenager in Foxes, and he ended up on the cutting room floor of fame. Fame. I want to live forever. Okay. So we all know fame, but do, do you know Electric Horseman? No, um, it sounds great. It's a real movie. Really? It's Jane Fonda. We love Jane Fonda Your here. Your favorite, Robert Redford. I do love Robert Redford. And Willie Nelson makes his movie debut. How have we not seen this? Oh, we are due for a motherfucking movie. Uh-huh. Um, I really, really, really want to see this. The movie poster is insane. It's basically what I'm assuming it's Jane Fonda and Robert Redford. They're like in a standing 69 position, like faces in each other's butts. I don't know what's what? going on. Yeah. You have to look it up right now. Go to the basement. Look it up. I'm going. I'll wait for you. Electric Horseman. Like the Electric horse Horseman. <laughs> electric Horseman. Oh. Oh, do you see it? What? Like, what's happening? What? <laughs> it's like ass to mouth, ass to mouth. Wow. Uh-huh. I thought it'd be the other way around, but so let me, let me. Elucidate? Yeah. So Robert Redford is ki- kind of like in a squatting position. Jane Fonda has her. She's like in the air. Her head is in between his legs and he's cradling her butt. And she's got on like high boots. He's in all denim. He's got a lot of sideburns, a lot of hair. This is, this is like peak Redford. But I don't know what this means. The symbolism is totally lost on me. Like, where, Where's the electric horse? Whoa. I don't know. I found one where there's more poses. Show me. Interesting. We'll post these. Don't worry, guys. Oh, wow. Like the same same photo shoot, more weird poses. It's like modern dance. I can't tell if they're dancing or fighting or laughing <laughs> or crying. I think it's supposed to be a good thing, but there's also this really great shot of Robert Redford in like a mariachi band uniform <laughs> no. with a gr- uh, green neckerchief. Oh, damn. This movie looks fucking... Fabulous. You know, apparently it did pretty well. It was like the eleventh gro- highest grossing movie of um oh my god, beautiful. It's a light up like a LED cowboy. He is the uniform. electric horseman. Oh my god. I think we got it figured out. Oh. 
There's I just more? read the synopsis Please. real quick? A former champion rodeo rider is reduced to using his saddle skills to promote a breakfast cereal in a gaudy Las Vegas show. Like a breakfast cereal in a show. Okay. When he's asked to perform with a $12 million horse that he discovers is being doped to remain docile, he flees into the desert astride the beast in an act of defiance. And a story-hungry female reporter gives chase. So is this like a horse hostage situation? Why does a horse cost $12 million? I don't know. Is it made of crystals? Oh my God. I I can't wait to watch this. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. I'm also really excited about the other movie, Foxes. Yeah. Let me tell you who's in this. Jodie Foster, Scott Baio, Randy Quaid, Cherie Curry from The Runaways (gasps) in her film debut, Laura Dern. And Sally Kellerman, I had to look her up. Uh, she was um, Hot Lips Houlihan from MASH. And it's a teen drama set in the valley. What? It's a valley girl movie with that's not valley girl? Mm-hmm, and we've mm-hmm, been missing mm-hmm, this our mm-hmm, whole lives? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's oh. called Foxes. Um, I wish Scott Baio wasn't such a giant douche. <laughs> Allison's like holding her phone up, showing me all the photos. Um, I This is my first choice. Let's see Foxes first. We could yeah. do a double feature. Uh, no, you're right. Foxes is the one. Foxes is the one. Electric Horseman still looks very good. Uh, I read something about it only made $1 million. <laughs> the tagline is daring to do it. Ooh. Just do it before just do it. Hell yeah. Do you think Nike stole? I think so. Okay. Should we get back to the book? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm really distracted now. I, I know. I here all night. And Believe just look me. Posters. I was... <laughs> um, okay. So after the interview... Uptight Rusty tells Felix she doesn't like how jokey he is during the interviews. It makes her very uncomfortable. And he says he has to joke like that because, you know, these interviews are so repetitive. Like, what else is he going to say? He's got to make it, like, tolerable, right? Yeah. So, you know, add some kind of interest to it. It's a classic case of who gives a fuck. (laughs) You have a lot more fun when you don't give a fuck. That's true. And Felix, you know, this ain't his first movie, so he's learned how to deal um then they start it just kind of like moves weirdly from here they start complimenting each other's looks and rusty tells felix he's handsome and he looks like the guy who's not clark gable and gone with the wind ashley leslie howard ashley okay Mm -hmm. so (laughs) he's not impressed though felix does not want to be compared is like the wimpy boy yeah the limp sensitive guy is how he says it so I think he's got a bit of an inferiority complex is what Rusty says. That really just made me feel like, well, I need to worry more about my complexes. Oh, you need to worry about your complexes? Yeah, like I'm not considering the complexes I probably have enough. Oh, well, is is that your complex? Yeah, my complex is, is yeah. worrying about my complex. Okay, very good. I'm worrying that I'm not worrying enough about my complex. Right, right so meta of you i know right let me know how that goes terrible (laughs) so later kelly neff she's the handler of the publicity girl it's based off our name she explains that basically rusty can give the same answers over and over if she wants i mean these reporters they've never heard it before who gives a care right and all people really care about is her kind of her likability and her personality rusty thinks to herself i kept thinking how joshua would hate that how you would think I was selling myself or something. I wondered where he was now, if he was on the plane already, flying home. My underpants were wet. I guess some of the sperm or whatever take a while to come out of you. I hope they didn't smell funny or anything. That paragraph really caught me off guard. No, it's just like a real reminder that they had unprotected sex. And she's like dripping. And she's 14. Um, okay. So... Rusty and Felix talk about their relationships. And let's remember here, speaking of ages, Felix is 24. Oh, shit. 10 years older. So we learn that Felix and Marvin, his boyfriend, they're not doing well. Marvin has turned into kind of a jealous boyfriend of uh, Felix's new fame. And he's just nasty. And who's he been spending his time with? Oh, we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rusty confides that Joshua flew out and they had hotel sex while she was supposed to be resting. And he's like, 
you look rested. Like, he's really treating her like a peer, like a fellow 24-year-old. When she's merely a child. Right. Um, And then Kelly Neff is back, and she's like, Rusty, you're getting a makeover. I love this. It's such like a, like, oh, girl, you could look better. Right. Makeup and hair. Like, let's spin you around. Uh Uh-huh. I was kind of excited for this, because... That's the part I love the most about America's Next Top Model is the makeovers. And I thought we were going there. Except Rusty just falls asleep. She falls asleep while her hair is being done. And um, she wakes up with cornrows. (laughs) (laughs) Wakes up straight Bo Derek and with beads at the end of all the like 900 braids on her head i wrote down what she said i had around nine million braids all over my head each one knotted fastened with a little wooden thing at the end i look horrible it's terrible it's so bad how can you sleep through cornrows too i imagine that's very painful this is like very convenient writing right right they're like oh like I don't know what to do with her for like six hours right? while she gets her hair cornrowed. Let's just Take have her fall nap. asleep. When like in reality, no way. I can barely get my hair washed mm-hmm. like at the hair salon. I'm like, mm-hmm. like but the idea of braiding, someone braiding all my hair and falling asleep. It would Tugging be like out of shock. No. Right. <laughs> just pass out. Yeah. Just pain. One of those like uh, fainting goats or something. Yeah. <laughs> Blocks it all out. And then she thinks Joshua would vomit if he saw me like this. So, of course, her first thought goes to Joshua. Like, what would he think? I can remember being young and, like, having a crush on someone and worrying that if I got a haircut, like, someone Mm -hmm. might not like it. And, like, really worrying. Oh, yeah. Like, really, like, agonizing over Mm -hmm. it. And now I'm like, meh, get a haircut. Yeah. You're so outwardly oriented at that age. Yes. And, and the little things could not be made to just feel any bigger. They're just mm-hmm, huge. Mm-hmm. I had some really bad haircuts right around this time of life, too. So, yeah, <laughs> I was like having a time. Yeah. 14. As long as I've known you, you've had the same hair. What like have you ever like deviated? Have you ever had like really crazy hair or um, the craziest hair? my hair was when it was blue? Oh, like six Recently. months ago. Uh huh. Um, I loved it blue. That was the craziest thing I'd ever mm-hmm. done, and it was totally an impulsive like, oh, where's my identity? You wanted to be a cool mom. I wanted to be a cool mom. Otherwise, no. I've just had bangs and like hair, but like I've gone through. There are times where I've gotten it cut shorter, and it's ended up in like bowl cut ish right mm-hmm. territory yeah. and i think i had a fit of that in like 14 with like these braces aren't helping anything no. and you have like a little bit of a weird haircut yeah and you make kind of weird faces in your school <laughs> pictures so this is just a hard time uh-huh. speaking of i had to get a, i got my passport photo taken today oh it's bad and then oh, we'll, yeah you gotta get a new passport huh? i have to go tomorrow at 11 30 uh it's just gonna take all day i'm not looking forward to it i'm sorry this is what happens when you let your passport expire y'all <laughs> check your passports um okay but you got the pick today i got the pick and i just i knew like i should probably have prepared better with like brushing my hair maybe like covering up my acne on my chin that i have right now and i was just not thinking and i just rushed to the thing my hair is like half wet and i look straight up like angry Mm -hmm. and like distraught like i have like really dark circles and it's just (laughs) the worst photo i've ever taken thankfully like who sees that? Yeah, it's Nobody. not something you display. The passport does feel like it should be like glamorous and exciting. Well, because it's like permanent, kind of. It's it has to last years. you ten years. True. <laughs> um, all right, let's get back to the book. So she's got the cornrows. She hates it. Kelly thinks it's fabulous though, and it'll photograph so well. And then later they have another interview over dinner planned, and we we got to mention what Rusty's wearing. She's wearing a Greek wedding dress yeah just like casual lace up the front Mm -hmm. white greek wedding dress she says it looks very ladylike her her mom calls it a communion dress i keep imagining it off the shoulders yeah i can see a little like um like a gunny sacks like a um, like a little like um prairie Mm -hmm. style Mm -hmm. but like almost like with like greek colors like white and blue Mm -hmm. yeah 
Perfect. So they're at dinner and the paparazzi come over. They swarm the table where Rusty and Felix are sitting and they say... They ask her for hair as a new look. Is this a way of saying you're a 10, Ms. Engelberg? What number would you give yourself then? I don't think people are numbers. You don't like the idea of women being graded by men? Seems sexist. Is that it? Is a woman's movement important to you, Ms. Engelberg? Yes, it is. It's important to my mother and sister, too. In what way? Well, my sister wants to be the first Jewish woman president, so she wants everyone not to be prejudiced or they wouldn't vote for her. Felix pipes in. I'm going to vote for Tatiana as the first woman president. You think she could do it? Tatiana can do anything. She scares me at times. Do you agree with that? Can you do anything, Tatiana? No, there are millions of things I can't do. Like what? I'm not sure I can act that well, yet. Tell me, Miss Engelberg, do you think acting in domestic arrangements came easily to you because you were essentially playing yourself? Could you expand on that a little? I wasn't playing myself. People keep saying that, but it's not true. I'm not like Samantha at all. Could you tell us in what way you're not? Well, she didn't have any girlfriends that she talked to about things. It was like she just had him. She points to Felix. Whereas your friendships with girls are important? Yeah. So you can talk about boys and clothes and makeup and that kind of thing? Well, sort of. How about you, Mr. Proper? Were you acting yourself? A little. I was kind of shy and awkward at that age, like Warren. But I'm afraid I never had anyone like Tatiana to cheer me up. Do you wish you had? How can you ask? How do you find acting with Miss Engelberg? Two of you seem to have a great deal of rapport going, even in the scenes where you uh, where there wasn't that much verbal communication. Getting along with Tatiana wasn't very difficult. She's a lovely, warm person. Would you give Tatiana a ten? I'm afraid I feel that ranking women or people in general lacks class. But if pressed, definitely. They ask about the nude scene again, and she says. It was okay. I just got sort of cold because we had to keep shooting over and over. But you didn't feel any moral compunctions about it? Some actresses feel that unless the male members of the cast are willing to display their bodies as well, they don't. Well, but he did, she points to Felix. He just had underpants on in one scene, too. And everyone laughs. (laughs) What lies ahead for you, Tatiana? Well, I guess I'd like to act someone really different from me in every way. Like a soldier or someone who's crazy or something like that. Are you thinking of any particular script? No, but I thought since women are going to be drafted, maybe I could be someone who, like, fights in a war. You think that's a good idea then? Women? In combat? Yeah. I think the U.S. may have a secret weapon in you, Ms. Engelberg. With someone like you on the front lines, Army shouldn't have any trouble with recruiting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tatiana's like, why are you laughing? Um, so that was weird. Very weird. <laughs> they have to do this shit over and over and over for an entire week. Sounds like a nightmare. Uh, Rusty thinks, though, you know, it's kind of like being at summer camp. Yeah, she gets to know Felix really well. Right, like a summer camp where there's one other person. <laughs> no, but I do kind of relate to this. And yeah. when like you're on a work trip with someone yeah. and you don't like know that well and all of a sudden you have to get like really close really fast. Right. I get that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that, you know, they worked on the movie set together for all those months and they got closer in one week than they ever did on the film. I thought that was also strange. Yeah. But I can hmm. see that, you know, when you're like working, you're working. But like they had a lot of downtime, it seemed like. Yeah. And it's L.A. L.A. <laughs> L.A. <laughs> so, uh, so they start doing this crazy thing. I thought this was super annoying. Where they call each other by each other's names. It's like impossible to read. I, I got was, so confused. Oh, my God. On. My reading comprehension like went down to like two. Yeah. <laughs> so towards the end of the week, Rusty calls Joshua Poshua to check in. And his housekeeper 
Barrel answers. And I just have to sidebar. I love the name Barrel. I used to have a doll named Barrel. You had a doll named Barrel? Yeah. I don't know how she was named Barrel. I don't think I would have named her Barrel like off the tip of my tongue. But literally never heard that name until now. Really? No. I think it might be kind of British. I love it. But I thought when I was a kid... I just thought it was barrel, like, <laughs> like barrel. a barrel of monkeys. Like my doll is named Barrel, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Barrel. It's like Meryl, like I Meryl Streep. It's so good. I love it. Barrel's the housekeeper. Did I already say that? Um, she says Joshua isn't there. He's away for the weekend. Hmm. So he's still not home, and. You know, like, he would have to say he was away if he was flying to California and back. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Well, no, I think he got home and then he left because Rusty said she had already talked to him, like, at least once. Oh. I think. Oh. I thought they hadn't talked. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it said they talked. But then Beryl's like, he went to a place called Andover. Remember who goes to Andover? Oh. Pam. It's Pam. Hmm. Hmm. So then we have a rusty monologue. After I hung up, I sat there feeling bad. First of all, Joshua told his parents he was going to Andover, and then he was going to fly to California with me. So who knows if he really went there or not? Maybe he just uses that as an excuse since he knows Pam will back him up. But if he didn't really go there, then where did he go, and how come he didn't even tell me? I spoke to him two days ago, and he didn't say anything about visiting Pam. And then I started worrying maybe he really did go to visit Pam. I knew I should trust Joshua, and I do, sort of. I mean, I think he really does love me and all that. That's not the kind of thing that you would lie about. But the thing is, Pam really does like him a lot. He's shown me some of the poems she sends him, and I once read a letter she wrote where she said what good comments he made on her work and how sensitive and perceptive he was. Somehow, letters aren't quite the same thing. What also bothered me was that she didn't even mention me. I wonder if she even knows I exist. Maybe she thinks that he hasn't slept with anyone since her. Joshua says they're just friends, but that could mean anything says she and Simon are just friends and daddy says he and Abigail are just friends the point is he should have told me he was going away or written to me or left a message with Beryl that just wasn't a nice considerate thing to do right what on. a fuck boy yeah what a fuck boy wait what does fuck boy mean like I know it's not a nice thing but like what like what's it's the, the connotation it's the kind of guy that like messes around with girls feelings that like oh. will like string you along and then like dump you or is probably seeing someone else or is like fucking around in some way they're a fuck boy that's a fuck boy yeah they're not okay. taking anything seriously gotcha you know like so you'll you've had a friend mm-hmm. that's dating a fuck boy got it this like happens time and time again I dated plenty of fuck boys in wow. my time. Oh, they're like, oh, they're so cute. And I could like change them. And they'll right. be like interesting and different. And it's like, no, they're they're terrible. And you just can't see it. Do you think fuckboys ever change? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they change rather than they have different relationships with different people. Mm-hmm. I do think that at some point, like... Some fuckboys grow up and, mm-hmm. like, get real. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was just, like, a fuckboy phase. Yes. But mm-hmm. I I would say the majority of fuckboys remain fuckboys mm-hmm. in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Or it's it's hidden deep down. Yeah. So. thought it was, like, a fuckboy is just, like, a like a loser who gets on the internet a lot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> Did you capture that? I mean, I am recording. Oh my god! Now. Oh, I want to make sure we at least have that forever. We'll just we'll see. Here we are. Here we are. Rusty's worried and depressed, and she wants to go home. And she takes out all her braids, and it's frizzy and crazy. And I wrote, just like her. Ooh. Mm. 
She is a bit of a frizz. I thought her hair was a bit of a metaphor for what's going on, you know? The the braids were very constraining, very constricting against her true nature. And she lets it all out. She lets it all out. Kind she of a shakes mess. it out. Yeah, she's kind of a... Interesting. Kind of a bird's nest. Chapter 20. Tatiana knocks on Felix's door. Ooh. Foley. That was really good. You know, I, I just got Poe like a 12-piece rhythm band that has like little clackers and like jingle bells. Amazing. And I thought that we could really use it around the holidays. Yes. <laughs> Maracas That's and so little fun. egg shakers. Oh, yeah. It's great. You should start a parade. Yeah. On your cul-de-sac. <laughs> actually perfect <laughs> you and poe just me and poe yeah doing a parade i'll come watch i'll throw some peanuts at you hoo-hoo hey hey it's the little boy parade hey hey the little boy parade <laughs> maybe oh, that's no, not no, such a good thing Rusty knocks on Felix's door and she opens it up. He's sick. He's got a cold rag on his head. He's just having a hard time. So dramatic. He's having a migraine. She brings him another cold towel. She really helps him out. And then he's got a little plan. Felix is like, oh, I got this medicine for my migraine. I'll be ready in a half hour. So says the doctor. Why don't you call in sick too and then we'll just have a good time. (laughs) But also, what do you think the medicine is? I thought it was some kind of, like, upper. Ooh. It's probably something that's, like, they don't give people now. Right. Fen Fen. Um. <laughs> it's, like, the only band thing I can think of. I love it. Um, So they hatch this plan. They're done with interviews. They're going to say they're sick. And I thought, well, maybe it's going to be, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, I really thought they were going to have an adventure in L.A. And I oh, got like, really, out on the town. Yeah, I got super excited about this They're going to be in a little boy parade. In a little boy parade just in downtown L.A. Um, and Rusty calls Kelly, and she gets it. And then Felix, you know, calls, too. And they just work it all out super easy. And then I thought we could read this exchange between Felix and Rusty. Felix hangs up the phone and he winks at Rusty. We did it, kid! Tatiana, I thought you had a migraine. Okay, let's remind everyone. They're calling each other by each other's names. It's ridiculous. It's horrible. I hate it. You want to know something? I'm feeling sensational. That fool doctor knew what he was talking about. Don't you feel guilty after they went to all that trouble? You want to know something? I must have a criminal mentality. I don't even have the smallest twinge of guilt. You know what I think we should do, Felix? What, Tatiana? I think we should call room service and order something fantastic. I know what I'm going to order. A turkey sandwich on white toast and coffee frosted. That's my favorite meal. I'm so cheap. What's wrong with Marvin? Where is he going to find a witty, charming friend whose favorite meal costs less than $5? Where is he? Do you want to hear a long, mournful story? Sure. Well, Marvin. You met Marvin, didn't you? Yeah, sure. On the set. Okay, well, Marvin. Where shall I start? Marvin is Jewish, and his father was, like, a very big deal intellectually. Graduated Harvard at 12, got his doctorate in Romance Languages at 13. Really? Wrote huge, weighty tomes, one of which won National Book Award. Heavy stuff. Breakfast conversation was the death of Freud. That was small talk. What was his mother like? The standard obsessive. I don't ask for anything, dear. Just grow up to be a genius, marry a college grad with money, and have 2.5 darling kids I can show pictures of to my friend. Anyway, when Marvin was 18, his father killed himself. Really messy, a bullet through the head, and so the poor kid had 9 million hang-ups, in addition to the ones he'd have had being gay and a Jew. I mean, those are like the least of his problems. He's supposed to be a genius, do great things, and he's one of the 
pleasers, you know? He wants to please mommy. He wants to please me. He worries if the elevator man doesn't smile at him. He makes me look like the healthiest, most normal person that ever walked the face of the earth. You do seem normal, aren't you? Me? Felix, bite your tongue. Listen, before we continue with the plight of Marvin, how about room service? What'll it be? Champagne? Caviar? They're paying, so... I do like champagne. Is that awful? It's terrible, Felix. I'm never speaking to you again, and... What with? Name your favorite. Hmm. Do you think they'd have lox and cream cheese on a toasted bagel? But of course! You're as cheap as I am, kid. He calls room service and he orders everything. Split of champagne, Nova Scotia salmon, the works. Lox would have been okay. Honey, Lox is for peasants. We're movie stars, remember? You're Carol Lombard. I'm Clark Gable. We're celebrating. We are? <laughs> what are we celebrating? We'll think of something. Wait, the night is young. So where were we? That Marvin worries about a lot of things. Well, it turns out... That Marvin went to see an old professor of his, a certain Louis Henry Bizell. Hmm. He's the head of romance languages at the University of Vermont. And since Marvin's got some daddy issues, they've got a bit of a thing mm-hmm. going. And Marvin left a month ago and camped out with a professor. Mm-hmm. I mean, between this book and Wifey, this Ooh, is the, the third professor-student relationship we've seen. Wow. Right? Maybe it's because there's like, um, because you're older and you are an adult, there's an almost okay thing hmm. or almost like romanticized thing about it. It's a little less creepy, but also still like illicit, like it shouldn't happen. Mm. There's still power dynamics. There. Right, right. It's like tantalizing, but not too scandalous. Right. For a novel. Right. Yeah. They talk about this whole situation, and and then they um they come to a conclusion. Felix shakes his head. Who would believe this? Here we are, two beautiful, talented young people sitting alone, rejected, mournful. We're not alone. We're together. Hey, my sandwich is great. How about yours? Want a bite? Have you ever done it with girls? Yes, Felix. I have done it with girls. How was it? Was it awful? No. I'd say it ranged from pleasant to excruciating. But pleasant was the best? Pleasant was the best. And it was pleasant only, let's say, uh, 20% of the time. Huh. But with Marvin, it's really good. It's not just that sex is good with Marvin. Everything is good. Talking is good. Not talking is good. Hmm, it's really sweet. Yeah. I mean, he's in love. Yeah. So Rusty's laying back on the bed. I feel dizzy and funny, but good. Me too. And she kisses him on the cheek. What was that for? Because you're so nice. And I guess I'm a little drunk. Thank God you put those braid things out. Your hair is so beautiful. How could you let them do that to it? Don't ask me. Pierre wouldn't suggest it if he didn't think it was right for you. My best friend in fourth grade had hair this color. He died of leukemia when he was 11. I always feel sad when I see red hair. It makes me think of him. What was his name? Thor. Thor McGuire. Thor. I wish I had a brother like you. Someone I could tell everything to. You have a sister, don't you? Yeah, but it's not the same. She's so jealous and competitive. Every time something good happens to me, she gets really mean. I have a sister, but she's not at all like you. She makes Kelly Neff look like Simone de Bouvier, you know? Four toe-headed kids, a white frame house. When she reads, it's family circle or novels. She gets off the rack at the IGA. Love's wildest flame. How does she feel about Marvin? Felix, if Harriet knew about Marvin, she'd faint away dead. Gosh. To her, Anita Bryant, as one of the patron saints, she wrote her a fan letter. Families are weird. She 
just laying there just like getting warm and fuzzy feelings towards Felix. Hey, why are you staring at me? I guess because I feel attracted to you. I'm sorry. Sweetie, don't be sorry. I'm flattered. Do you feel attracted to me? I think you're one of the most beautiful creatures I've ever seen. Would you like me to take my clothes off? Um, uh, let's see. Sure. Why not? But Felix, the thing is, I... We don't have to do anything. Joshua and Marvin wouldn't like it. Oh, the hell with Joshua and Marvin. He strips down, too. And then we hear from Resty. Maybe this is hard to believe, but we didn't fuck. Do you believe that? We really didn't. We just lay in each other's arms and kissed and talked and kind of stroked each other, and it was really, really nice. And after a while, I started getting sleepy, and Felix pulled the cover up over me. And he turned out the lights, and I fell asleep. I slept much better that night than I did the whole time I was in California. When I slept in my own hotel room, I used to wake up in the middle of the night at 2 or 3 and feel funny lying there alone. But this time I slept straight through till 8 when Felix's alarm went off. They talk a little bit about her audition. She's heading to the Lolita audition that day. And he's like, ah, you're going to kill it. And she's like, ah, I can't sing. And he's like, doesn't matter. They could just dub, dub yeah. someone's voice yeah. over it. And they talk about what a lovely evening they had together. And how what Joshua does is his business, and what Marvin does is his business. If he wants to be miserable with Louis the Forgettable, that's his shtick. And then they grin at each other. They they know they love Marvin uh-huh, and Joshua, uh-huh. and they just had a weird night of naked cuddling. Oh my god. Okay, so let's analyze. Yeah. How did you feel reading this? I actually felt like it was really real. In a way, like, I feel like this is the kind of weird situation that could happen. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it's just two people who are, like, pretty amped up on, like, hormones and compliments. And, and champagne. Champagne. And they're bored. And they're right. just, like, we're good looking. And let's get naked and snuggle. Okay. Because they're, does, like, it doesn't matter. When you're snuggling, it's snuggling. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just have a mental block with a 14 years old. Oh, I mean, that is. Like, if she were even like 17, I'd be like, okay. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's all very, very weird. But, like, I feel like they're living in this very weird, forced reality, anyways. Right. And it's the 70s. And it's just like, it's unfortunate that, like, there weren't, like, protections for, you know, for young girls that age, I feel like. They're just kind of thrust into it. But. I mean, I, I do like Felix as a character. I think he's a good guy. He's, like, a little ostentatious, but, like, he's a good egg. Yeah. And it makes it somewhat more acceptable that, like, it wasn't sexual. Like, he's not trying anything on her, but he is fucking mm. 10 years older. It was sexual. You think? Yeah, it's just not... It's not, like, literally sexual, but... Literally. But, yeah. like, there, I mean, there's obviously, like, there's feelings that right. they're having. I think uh, it's just more on the, like, sexuality is fluid mm-hmm. and some there were tingles it should not happen should not have happened but i mean tatiana should not be there by herself well yeah and i just okay so she has a great relationship with her dad but the way she acts so the, the her boldness and being like would you like me to take my clothes off and the whole thing she did with joshua poshua with when he had the camera and she was like do you want me to get naked I don't know. I'm just like, daddy issues, daddy issues. Yeah, like, why is she putting herself in these situations where she feels like she needs validation by mm-hmm. um, exposing herself? I'm no psychiatrist, but, like... I don't like, know if it's daddy issues as much as it's, like, her mom, though, like, has mm-hmm. really raised her in a culture of needing, like, validation yeah. from men. Even though her mom has this, like, faux feminism going oh, it's on. Totally but faux. it's just, yeah, it's, like, misguided. It's a really good point. It's the same feminism that's like, I like a cat call. Makes me feel young. Where you're like, no, like no one should know. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, it's hard not to analyze her as if she's a real person. But like, you know, this shit just does happen. And it did happen, especially with young stars of that age. You know, I, I, I keep going back to like Tatum O'Neill and Brooke Shields and... Wait. Yeah. She was at least not pressured into this right. 
situation she was pressured to call in and be irresponsible in one way but felix was not like forcing himself mm-hmm. in this situation he was kind of that taking doesn't it back. mean it's okay but yeah. it's like she was she is still like she is a girl that is of sexual mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. not okay <laughs> so i mean you know if we're finishing up next week what kind of predictions do we have what do we have? Oh, what I mean, think I think about- all of this press that's just been cooking and marinating mm-hmm. is going to come out and get really weird. The People article is going to erupt. super weird. All of these weird paparazzi shots of her with the braids, her being like, oh, I was just like in an interview and it was like, good thing this is on the West Coast. It's like, girl, you're going to be in national publications mm-hmm. in those braids, you dum-dum. Mm-hmm. And also remember how she fell in daddy's lap? That's coming back yeah, full circle. Yeah, there's going to be a lot, like a lot is going to emerge that is going to like make this situation a lot stranger and put a big magnifying glass on it all and i think that oh god and then she could also be pregnant right so i'm just hoping that this all blows over she gets an abortion she um gets over being famous and just goes back to like wanting to truly be a teenage girl do we think she's gonna be in the lead of the musical no i don't think she's gonna get the part Really? See, I think she's going to. And so I think it's kind of going in a different... I, I hope for what you you projected, but I kind of think she's just going to get swept up and she's going to be in this Lolita musical and... The Hollywood machine. It's going to be like one of those open-ended endings that's just like... Mm. And then she went on from there. And then she died. Oh, God. So you're saying this is like a Star is Born. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, but I know it stars. I just know. <laughs> so, well, I was going to say, now that we're like singing tunelessly, I would love to write one of the songs. I don't know what song, but I would love to write a song that appears Lolita in this Lou's Lolita the Musical. Like, we might have to craft a chorus. All right. I'm gonna what do you think about that? that? I'm into it. I'm into it for the finale. we got to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can get out Poe's music set, and we'll just bang like away. shaking jingle bells to, like, Humbert, Humbert. <laughs> this <Oop-a-dee-doop>. I <laughs> Um, great. Uh, Lolita meets Willy Wonka. Boom. Um, you guys, thanks so much for bearing with us throughout this entire 10 plus episodes of Domestic Arrangements. Although we complain, we really love it. And we hope you do too. And, um, go on to iTunes and rate us. And most importantly, leave us a review. Like that would really, really mean a lot to us. Send us a letter. Bloomsaloon at gmail.com. And uh, our Instagram's back up. Thank God. You Cross gotta fingers. The, you just gotta get those nipples out of there, Jody. Keep the nipples off the Insta. I'm just trying to free the boob, okay? I always the, forget. At the Bloom Saloon Pod. Cast. Cast. The Bloom Saloon Podcast. And we're on Facebook, too. <laughs> All right, y'all. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.